Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are to unlock revival voices. It is not something that you copy. It is something that you cultivate. But before you cultivate it, you got to even know that you have one. Come on. And that you should have one and that you should be exercising it. He said, he said, your voice is a shofar. He, 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 he uh, uh, masterfully laid out for us the why behind why we shout and praise and intercede and why we're even so loud. Come on, somebody. And uh, he said a shofar was blown when the king came. The shofar was blown when at battle, when they had a victory, when the ark was brought in, around the feast times, the celebration of the Lord. And then he told us, your voice is a shofar. I don't see how in the world that we can hold back our voice when we can understand that it is literally like the shofar. And the shofar is the voice of God. So we came today to unlock again at another level the revival voice. How will they hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a voice? You can think it. You can mull over it. You can meditate on it. But how will they hear without a voice? Your voice matters to God. And your voice shatters the kingdom of darkness. So I'll go back to where I preached a few weeks ago to Psalm 42.7 and we'll pick up there and we'll take it on. 42.7 Deep calls. Deep calls. Deep calls. It calls to deep. Deep calls to deep. Say that phrase with me. Deep calls to deep. At the sound of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have passed over me. The last message on that scripture went another uh, way. Today, we'll take it a different way. Deep calls. Look at your neighbor and say, deep calls. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you. Call to me. Say that. Call to me. Keep going. And I will answer you. Keep reading. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many want to know some things we don't know? How many want to? Come on. Come on. I don't know how we can even let that verse go and not have a call unto God. I got to know some things that I don't know. Come on. I can't help it if you're bored in church. That's your fault. I can't help it if you're bored with God. That's your fault. It's not God's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. It's your fault. He plainly says, call to me and I'm going to answer you. And I'm going to show you some things and tell you some things that you don't even know. But we get bored because we stop calling. We stop using our voice. We let our voice shut down. We let the enemy and, 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 and depression and, and we let the, and, and all kinds of things put our, put our call on mute. Come on. How many hate to be put on mute? Come on. How many hate? Come on. You hate to be put. Don't mute me. Come on. You just got to tell me. Don't mute me. Come on. Tell somebody. Don't mute me. Most of all, tell the devil. Don't mute me. Just don't put me on mute. Come on. Isaiah 58, 1. It's not going to be on the screen. Cry loud and spare not. Cry loud. Spare not. Don't quit. Don't hold back. Cry loud. Don't quit. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a like a trumpet. 
trumpet. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Hallelujah. Not going to put us on mute. Come on. As we call out, I'll say this and let you be seated. From the place of deep, God answers from a place of deep. See, we were singing it today. Break, break in with your sound. There is a sound that unlocks the heavens. There is a sound that, what does it say? Shakes the earth. There is a sound that makes dry bone live. There's a sound that makes the devil mad. Okay, there you go. There's a sound that silences the enemy. That's what we were singing. That's what we're talking about. We cry, we call out from the place of deep and God answers. It's reciprocated. Come on. It's reciprocated. There's a beckoning that comes from heaven and then there's a reciprocation of our beckoning in the earth and then there's a heavenly authority and that's what you're feeling in this atmosphere that is established as we call from our deep and he calls from his deep and our calls meet together and it comes in an explosion and it's called the day of Pentecost. Come on. Deep calls, deep calls. High five three or four people around you and say, cry out, cry out, cry aloud. Thank y'all, thank y'all. Unlock the revival voice. Unlock the revival voice. Hallelujah. Reciprocated. There's a beckoning that comes from his realm that is reciprocated by a beckoning that comes from our realm, this earthly realm. And then there's a heavenly authority that is established in this realm. If there's one thing that we need, not only inside the church, but in our nation today, it is a heavenly authority. Come on. And I'm telling you, it is happening, y'all. Hear me now. It is happening across this nation. I know that that this, this CNN says this, and Fox News says this, and this one says this, and that one says that. But I'm telling you, the church church is finding its voice in this nation. There is a remnant in this nation that is unlocking their voice, unlocking their revival voice. And as the beckoning comes from the heavenly realms, it is being reciprocated by a beckoning that is coming from this earthly realm. And as we are calling out and crying out and crying loud and, 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 and sparing not and raising our voices like a trumpet in this earthly realm, there is an authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the lion of the tribe of Judah that is being established in this earthly atmosphere. You look at me now. It is happening. It is happening. It is happening and the water level is getting higher and higher and higher and higher. This is why you see things in the natural. They're grappling at things and they're trying to the delusion is getting even more delusional if that's even possible and and, and you can see the swirling and the chaos that's getting even more chaotic and what that is indicative of is the devil doesn't have any new tricks but God has unending glory and unending authority and unending ability to trump anything that the devil plays in this earthly realm but it takes a beckoning and a call of us as the church of Jesus Christ to have our voices unlocked at another capacity so that we can release a heavenly authority that releases an unction for a function that we need in this realm that can only come from his realm. So I say get ready. Get ready to see the five-fold apostle and prophet and pastor and teacher and evangelist. And get ready to see the believers that are all across this nation as we lift our voices and we say in the name of Jesus, not on our watch will you take over the atmosphere of this nation. I will raise my voice to unlock a heavenly authority in my nation. Come on. Deep calls to deep. Reciprocated by our call. Whoo. Authority, authority. They just think they're in charge. Come on, y'all. Did you hear me? They just think they're in charge. This is not an arrogant statement. This is a Bible statement. They just think they're in charge. It's the church that's in charge. Come on. I'm talking about the ecclesia. I'm talking about the government, government, governmental legislating body that is in this nation. We're the ones that's in charge. Yes. Deep calls. I better be careful. I'll get off on a different message. Come on. Unlock the revival voice. 
My voice, but plus his voice. Your voice plus his voice. Our voices plus his voice. They collide and they explode. Becomes sharper than a two-edged sword. Book of Jeremiah, it's a, it's, it's, it, 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 it breaks rocks of resistance. Come on. It breaks resistance. That's why you keep hearing me say a, a moment ago, use your voice to change the atmosphere over your life. Use your voice to change the atmosphere over that rebellious teenager. Come on, somebody. Not any of these in here today, but the other ones. Use your voice to shift the atmosphere in your job. Come on. Use your voice to shift the atmosphere over this nation. Come on. From September the 12th uh, this year to September the 22nd, just last month, I'm going to put it like this. Didn't know exactly how to describe it, but the Lord put me, I guess, I think he put all of us, but he put me in and showing me a few things in what I'm just going to call today uh, as a prophetic tunnel, okay? So like you're just going through this tunnel, right? And there's just prophetic things that just keep happening. And even what Pastor Rick uh, spoke into last week fits so much into a couple or two or three other events that had happened and things that had happened um, to, I believe, uh, once again, um, Show us the value of the assignment of the voice of this house. Um, I will, I'll call it this prophetic tunnel um, because I believe the Lord is highlighting the importance of our call. And, you know, just, just how he aligns things sometimes. You can't flippantly just say, oh, that was just a coincidence. Come on. Do you hear what I said? Because, because and, and, and we see things like that happening in the natural. We're like, oh my, how did that happen? Well, could it be that God is just aligning some prophetic circumstances? Come on, to speak to us and to show us and, and, and to affirm to us and confirm and reveal to us, amen? And so um, on, no, on uh, September the 12th, I preached here, which by the way, 12 is the number of governmental authority. I preached the message, deep calls unto deep. Deep calls unto deep on September the 12th. Deep calls unto deep, calls unto deep. The following weekend on uh, September the 19th, I was, of course, not here, and I was preaching uh, in, in uh, Sunday morning in Chattanooga, and then we drove four hours, and I preached that night at the ramp in Hamilton, Alabama with Karen Wheaton on that Sunday evening. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, woman of God. She will be one of the guest speakers here at our um, conference coming up uh, next uh, in a few weeks. Amen. Yes, yes, I'm telling you what, guys, she carries something, and that and that meant that uh, assignment that has been put on the ramp, and the and it's a, a a movement that God birthed a number of years ago. It's powerful, powerful atmosphere uh, there, and so I was preaching there. Um, in Hamilton, Alabama on the 19th, that Sunday night. And then after the service, we were having a meal together and we began to share stories. Once again, I'm in the prophetic tunnel, right? Didn't know it, but I'm in the prophetic tunnel. That's what I'm gonna call it. And we began to share stories around this meal. Uh, Pastor Rosalind and Ron were, were with me, traveling with me that weekend. And so we were all just sharing stories and experiences. Among that dialogue uh, that was going back and forth, I shared the dream because it was appropriate, just saying, well, I, you know, it was going to, you know how things just fit in conversations. And I shared the dream that I had, had, and I, I didn't have time this week to look up exactly when I had the dream, but it's been at least a year or more that I had the dream. And I've told it here, but I'm going to retell it this morning for the purpose of the message about the uh, large eagle with the owl face. How many remember me telling that dream? All right. You may not remember. I'm going to uh, remember all the details. You know, sometimes the most impactful prophetic moments happen when you least expect it. You need to have your ears open and your, your eyes open and your heart open, amen, at all times. Uh, those of us who were, who were in that, that room sharing that meal together, I mean, from the get-go of that conversation, pretty much, you could feel, Haran, the presence of God in that room. You knew that God was doing something deeply in that room, and it was just so interesting because it seems like everything that was shared, and I don't have time to tell you everything, but it was astounding us. It was literally astounding us, everything that was coming out in the conversation on different topics and different ways. And so to zero in on this one, at this moment in the conversations, I was talk, telling, sharing, excuse me, about the, the, the dream I had some time ago about the large eagle with the owl face. And so here's briefly how the dream went. I, I dreamed, um, I was in this, it would basically look like a, a yard or a backyard and then with the main street behind it. And then I was out of the yard and, and, and looking from the street 
uh, upward, and I saw this a ginormous eagle-looking bird uh, with, I mean, as big as a building. It was as large as a building, and it, and it was uh, uh, flying, and uh, it was very, very low. I could see it uh, very distinctly, and I looked at it, and in the face, it had, it was, it, it, everything else looked like an eagle, but in the face, it looked like an owl. The, the eagle bird talons, the wings, the color black, and then, but in the face, it looked like an owl. And I watched as, as this large bird, I looked behind this large bird that I just described to you, and as far as my eyes could see in the dream, I saw an army, what looked like an army of the same type of birds, eagles with an owl face, that were flying uh, very high in a formation, very intentional. Uh, behind this one very, very large, as big as a building, um, eagle with the owl face. And I watched this one in front, the large one, uh, the very, very large one. I watched it ascend to the top of the pinnacle of a skyscraper. And just for a point of reference, for those of you who remember our um, August Pray America, we sent people to the four corners of the nation. And uh, Stacy was the intercessor that was in New York City. And we intentionally chose the street uh, crossroads that they were on as well as the building that they were standing in front of because that building was basically what I saw in my dream. Come on. So when she was praying from New York City that night, she was praying in front of that building at the crossroads uh, there of that building to the one that the very, very similar to the one that I saw in the dream. And here's what happened. That large eagle looking bird with the owl face ascended to the top of that skyscraper and began to pulverize. Look at your neighbor and say pulverize. It began to pulverize uh, a small animal, a small animal. Now the army of, of birds just like it were somewhere around there, but I was my, my my attention was drawn to this one large bird that was at the very top, the highest place. Are you with me? The highest place of this building, pulverizing this small animal. And of course, the interpretation, which I've said before, but I'm going to say for the point of, of emphasis today, um, the army of eagles birds, I believe, represents the army, the last day army of the, of the intercessors and the army of God that is, and, and the angelic hosts that are with us that will be in these last days. Come on. To, to raise our voices. You know, the, 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 the story in the Old Testament was Elijah, Elisha. Uh, show him, Lord, that there are more for us than those who are against us. Come on. The Lord is going to begin to open our eyes in this end time, even with all the chaos that is breaking out to see that there are more warring for us than those that are warring against us. Come on. And it's going to be the angelic host, but it's also going to be the ecclesia, the body of Christ that is legislating and the intercessors that are warring in this natural realm. The small principality, I knew immediately when I woke up, excuse me, the small animal rep represented the principality. I knew immediately when I woke up, this, the Holy Spirit said, that is the principality. It's important because it was at the top of the, of the, of the skyscraper representing the territory, representing the high place. Are you with me? It went to the high place. The small animal representing, why do you say the small animal is a principality? Don't you remember in the word of God that, that, that this says, I believe it is in Isaiah, that it says, is this the one who has deceived us? It says that they will look on the devil. They will look on Satan and look at Satan and say, is this the one that has been causing havoc? Is this the one that has been causing chaos? Is this the one that has been pushing COVID fear all over our nation? Is this the one that has got us all wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in bondages? Come on, is this the one? The Bible literally says that there's coming a day when our eyes will literally be open and we will see Satan for who he is and we'll look at and say, is this the one? Is this the one that I was so afraid of? Is this the one that had me so rattled in doubt and so rattled? Come on. 
So I believe in the dream that that's exactly what I was seeing. This, this large eagle-type bird with the owl face was pulverizing this principality, this very, very small animal up atop a skyscraper, which represents territory and the highest place of the territory. And as I already said, the eagle owl, uh, 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 as far as I could see, I believe is the army of God and the angelic host that are warring. Now, as I was sharing this dream back to to when I was with uh, at the ramp and we were over this meal. When I was sharing the dream, what I just told to you, when I was sharing that and the, what I felt the interpretation of it was, you could feel the swirl of the Holy Spirit. You could feel the prophetic in the atmosphere in that room. One of the pastors at the table jumped up from the table and he did sort of a spin around like this. And he said something like, you didn't just say an eagle with an owl face. He said something like that. And I said, yeah, and I, you know, emphasize it. And then he began to relay to us a literal encounter that is too long for me to tell you today, which brought a confirmation, a little encounter that he had, a literal encounter that he had that brought a confirmation to his life of what God was showing him that had to do with another part of the world, another part of the world, another nation of the world. And that encounter had literally led him in a practical way. That's why I say, don't ignore the circumstances that God God walks you into. Don't just say, oh, well, that's a coincidence. But he had been crying out and asking God a specific question. And one of them had to do, one of them had to do with, with, with the word Asia, etc. And once again, I'm not going to get into that, but he was at the zoo with his son or his children and they went into this exhibit and there was a man, this was a literal thing that he wasn't dreaming this, it wasn't a vision. It literally took his son and, and they went to go to see the bears or something like that. And, and before they could see the bears, they saw one of the zookeepers and on his arm set this extremely large bird. He's telling me this now. He's telling us this extremely large bird called, get this y'all, an eagle owl. Now I'm spinning around the chair. It is called a Eurasian eagle owl. Now you don't get your phones out. Don't Google. I'm going to tell you everything about it. I one thing I should have done, but I ran out of time. I should have put a picture up there of it. If they're fast enough back there, they can find a picture. Make sure it's a Eurasian eagle owl, all right? I don't know exactly how to explain the moment that we were in, but it was evident that to all of us that God was speaking and confirming destiny. He was affirming calling, and he was affirming assignments that were on each of us. Hear me, fresh start. Why I'm sharing with you this with you today is because if your voice has not been unlocked yet, after I share what I'm going to share with you, I hope to stir a hunger in you today. I hope to stir a passion in you today to help you see past, come on, past your pride that keeps your mouth shut. To understand the value of using your voice for such a time as this for the kingdom of God. So on the plane ride, ride home, I looked up, thank God for Wi-Fi at 30,000 feet. Come on, somebody. I looked up Eurasian Eagle Owl, and I know that the Lord had revealed this to me as a prophetic symbolism for the assignment of this revival. Now, this assignment, this can be for anyone, but there is an assignment on this revival, and it's been on this revival since pretty much day one. Come on, pretty much day one. There have been multiple voices, and I said it last week after pa Apostle Rick's message, but there have been multiple voices, in some way I said it, there have been multiple voices that have, that have spoke to and uh, affirmed and validated the sound and the voice that is on this house and in this house. But I knew, I knew after that conversation and then I was just randomly sharing that dream and, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was all fitting together in a prophetic moment, eating Southern food, come on somebody, in Alabama. No, I said Southern food in Alabama. Mashed potatoes, come on. Roast beef, come on Oklahoma. Y'all, we got to get some of that out here. It's sad. It's sad, Arizona. It's sad. Come on. Get some of that southern food here. A prophetic symbolism for the assignment of this revival. 
So I'm reading the facts and the characteristics of the eagle owl. Among many things, among larger, it is among the largest birds that there is. This is, think of my dream now, okay? It is 30 inches, can be 30 inches tall. And its wingspan, six feet. Think about my dream. Think about, there you go, there you go. Oh, come on, somebody. How would you like to meet up with that? If you're a small principality, come on, somebody. Keep that up there. The eagle owl has a number of vocalizations that are used at different times. The eagle owl has a number of vocalizations, a number of vocalizations. The title of my message is Unlock the Revival Voice. The vocal activity mainly has territorial purposes. This is Wikipedia. I'm not making this up. It mainly has territorial purposes. The territorial song of the eagle owl can be heard at great distances. That's how our song of this revival in Arizona is affecting and attracting the attention of territories on the East Coast. The territorial song can be heard at great distances. Many times, two eagle owls will vocalize together. Come on, somebody. Because one can chase a thousand, but two can chase 10,000. And look how many that we have been chasing for six full years of this revival. And you trust me when I say that the voice of this house is being amplified on the north and the south and the east and the west of this nation and there are people right now in churches that are playing the songs that have been written in this house to break open atmospheres they're where they are in indiana and texas come on somebody how oh, everywhere across this nation in california the voice of this house is breaking open atmospheres why because god dropped a voice upon this house that was not of this realm because somebody decided to cry out from the deep to reach history, to collide in the middle and explode in Pentecostal revival. I don't see how you can sit there with your mouth shut. The Eurasian Eagle Owl's territorial song or call is deeper. I didn't write that. Wikipedia did. It is deeper. Seriously, y'all. You can't make this up. This owl, is call, his call, its call, is deeper, farther carrying, and often considered more impressive, stay with me, more forcible, more moving, more affecting, more effective, more stirring, more striking, and imposing, even than the territorial song of the great horned owl. Its song is deeper and more powerful than any owl species and territories are established by the call and the vocalization of this owl. And here's how it does it. By going, watch this, not making it up, Wikipedia, to the highest point. to the highest point 
point on the territory from which, watch this, to sing. Come on, somebody. It goes to the highest point in the territory to establish that as its territory. And it gets to that highest point. And what does it start doing? It starts singing, singing, singing. I say sing, church. I say shout, church. I say call. I say vocalize. I say oh. Unlock the revival voice. Shout! Is that not wild or what? And so I'm at 30,000 feet or 30 whatever thousand feet that they decide to go up to. For, For me, sometimes it's way too high. Come on, somebody. And I'm like about like to lose it. Come on. And I can't spin around that chair. Come on. But I'm saying, Lord, you are speaking to us. You are speaking to us. It is significant given that these qualities and characteristics that the face, it is significant that in my dream, the face of the bird, it was an eagle, but the face of the bird was an owl. It, that is significant. And the reason why, and, and not vice versa, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the owl with the eagle face. It was an eagle with an owl face. And it's significant because the face contains the mouth, which is connected to the voice. Come on. The authority of the eagle are Are you with me? Come on. The authority of the eagle, but yet the face and the voice of an eagle owl. Come on. Because there is a vocalization that must be connected to revival. You can't pray the same way that you used to pray. You can't sing the same songs that you used to sing. You can't preach the same sermons that you have been preaching. Get up off your backside and get into the Holy of Holies and find the sound of revival because it's more than what you have ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. It's important what comes out of your sound. And I stood up here. I'm still in the prophetic tunnel. I stood up here on Wednesday night at our gap service on September the 22nd. I preached deep calls unto deep on the 12th, the number of governmental authority. And on Wednesday night, the 22nd, Isaiah 22, 22, in the key of the house of David. Come on, somebody. I will put on your shoulders, you open and shut, et cetera, et cetera. We know that verse well around here, but the date is important. I begin to release this, still in the prophetic tunnel. The devil fears the voice of this house, I said. I'm quoting myself. Glory to God. Here. There is a sound. I said from this pulpit, within our sound that shakes the gates of hell, there is a sound within our shout and intercession and our song and our worship that rattles the corridors of hell and opens the gates of heaven. There is a sound within our sound that causes the enemy to put his hands over his ears, reeling back and forth, backing up and backing off. There is a sound within our sound. It is the sound of eternity. It is the sound of the throne room in heaven itself. It is the DNA of the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is a call that comes from this house. The Lord was speaking this on September the 22nd, 922. And he was saying, there is a call. There is a call. There's a call that comes from this house and it causes angelic hosts to stand at attention and it causes demonic forces to reel and to back off. There is a call, there is an utterance and there is a sound and it has an authority of eternity. So I said, the Lord said, prepare the way for a start. Now, before I get to that, let me tell you something. Sound moves things. That's why I say, use your voice to shift the atmosphere over your heart right now. Sound is a type of energy made by vibrations. These vibrations create sound waves, which move through the medium of things like air, water, or wood. Come on, somebody. When an object vibrates, it causes movement. We need a movement of the Holy Ghost in the church, in this nation. 
It causes movement, sound causes movement in the particles of the air, the water, or the wood, and the movement is called sound waves, and the sound waves keep going and going and going until the particles run out of energy. I don't have time for you to run out of energy. We don't have time for you to take a break. We don't have time for you to back off. There's not a Sunday that you can come in here and say, I'm just not going to shout as loud today. I'm just not going to sing as aggressive. I think I'll scroll my phone for a while. of us decides to go on mute with our voice is a moment that one demonic imp rises up and says, oh, there's a quiet one. There's a quiet one. There's a quiet one. There's one who's not entering. There's one who's not vocalizing. There's one who's not singing at the high place. There's one. All they need is one. I see every time if you want revival, my friends, those of you who are watching and you watch this place and you hear the sound of this place. You better open up and unlock the voice of your heart and of your church and of your city and of your region because if you don't unlock it, demonic principalities will sing their song on the high place. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. Keep singing, keep vocalizing. You gotta keep moving things out of the way. Because what happens is, every time that we make a sound in this place, be it voice, clap, stomp, drums, come on. That's why the drums are so powerful. It's not that the other instruments are not. But what happens is when that sound, you break the air. Watch this. Air does this. It moves. This is for a point. Air moves. It moves. If we're going to keep moving things in the spirit and keep moving things out of the way, we must continually cry loud and spare not. The voice must be unlocked because things must be moved out of the way. Trust me when I say that there are hungry hearts all across this nation today in the body of Christ. But there are many barriers and many have not been equipped with the wineskin of knowing how to move them out of the way. Did you hear what I said? So we're following old protocol wanting new things. That's a word. We've lost the movement of the spirit because we've lost the voice of the spirit in the church. The movement is called sound waves. My God, this is good. Look how much you can get from Wikipedia. Come on. We've lost the movement of the spirit because we've lost the voice of the spirit. Pastor, those of you who are tuning in to be antagonistic against revival and you just want to watch and do whatever, listen to me. Stay tuned in just a few more minutes. The reason why you have no oil and no moving of the spirit in their church, the reason why your preaching is dry and you have to make up jokes and you have to be like a game show host or something, the reason why... The reason why is because you shut down the voice of the Spirit. You shut down altars, you shut down encounters, you shut down the, 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 the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you expect to have a move of God. You will not have a move of God. You will, you'll have a move of flesh, you'll have a, a move of intellect, you'll have a move of, of, of Disneyland, you'll have a move of uh, something like that, but you will not have a move of God. Hear me now. What this nation needs, what we need is a move of God. If we're gonna have God move, then we have to unlock our revival voice. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Prepare the way of the Lord. Come on. Sound prepares the way. Sound prepares the way. Sound prepares the way. The movement, the sound waves keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going until you do this. 
Are you with me? Sound prepares the way. The way I see it, if you choose not to find your voice, I'm using Apostle Rick's terminology, you willfully allow obstacles and barriers to remain there, delaying the entrance of revival and the King of Kings. Come on, somebody. You willfully delay. We delay the entrance of the king. We delay revival. We sit idle as territories are claimed at the high places by demonic voices calling out to other gods. Come on. Calling out to demonic demon gods over cities and over territories. That's how important my voice, that's how important your voice is. That's how important. It grieves my heart when I see believers and they don't understand the value of exercising their praise and their intercession and their worship. Come on. And their shout and their, and their contending. It grieves my heart. And I just came to make religion mad. Come on, somebody. And unlock the voice of revival. Sound moves things out of the way. Sound prepares the way. Preparation is readiness and order. It's, it's clearing out barriers. It's breaking up uncultivated ground, preparing the way. What is the way? The way is the passage for the Lord to enter in. He's the one that we want. His presence, Jesus, is the one that we want. We've already felt him this morning, but we, the way has to be prepared. Stay with me. I'm taking you come somewhere. We want the Lord because it is the Lamb of God. It is the Lion of the tribe of Judah that comes in and brings transformation. But hindrances must be pushed out of the way. This is why we must have our revival voices unlocked because the Lord says in this house, there is a call and utterance and a sound and it has an authority of eternity. So prepare the way. Scream it at your neighbor. Prepare the way. John the Baptist was a voice who prepared the way. John the Baptist was a voice who cleared the way and establish the kingdom authority at high places. I take you now to John chapter 1 verse 22 and 23 and they said to him, to John who are you? Who are you? This was religion. Who are you? Tell us so that we may give an answer to those who sent us. <laughs> what do you say about yourself? And he said, and he said, I am the voice of one crying aloud in the wilderness, the voice of one shouting in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, level, straighten out the path of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said, come on. Who are you, John? I am a voice and I move things out of the way for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am a voice and I shift things so that glory can move in. I am a voice and I prepare the path so that the glory can be ushered in. It's time to unlock the revival voice across this nation. Prepare the way. Prepare the way. Your TED Talks and your palatable nonsense will not open atmospheres and prepare the way for glory. We have humanistic kinds of operation within the walls of our churches today because there are not voices. There are parrots. Are you hearing me? There are no voices. There are not any voices. There are parrots of somebody else's thoughts and ingenuity. I say enough of the parrots. Unlock the voices so that revival can be ushered in to this nation. Stop following the protocol of humanistic ideas and unlock the voice that is from the halls of eternity and beats on the inside of you. The devil will fight that. He'll fight it. Look at me. Look, I'll show you this. I saw something in this story. It's interesting. We're talking about the voice. That the devil fought the identity of John 
who was the one who was supposed to prepare the way for revival, for Jesus, for revival. The devil fought even before he was conceived. Watch. And God used what I see as a prophetic symbolism of what happens to those who become antagonists against the way of God and to those who come into agreement with average protocol. They become mute. There was a pull and tug about this child's name before he was even conceived. There was a pull and tug even against, even against him coming into the earth by his very father. And the Holy Spirit said, look, he became mute, but John was to become a voice. I don't know if you've ever saw that or not, but I, I just saw it in this way. A prophetic symbolism of what happens to those who become antagonists against the way of God. Now, you may not totally lose your voice, sir or ma'am, as an antagonist against revival, but you're definitely going to lose your influence. You may have a few groupies that follow you around and some followers on Facebook and so on YouTube, but I'm telling you, it will not establish the kingdom. It will not establish. Man, I'm preaching up here. I don't know. Maybe it's jet lag or something. It's just like. So the angel said to him in Luke 1.13, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. I mean, even he prayed it. And then he, and then he, then he you know, you, sh you shall name him John. You shall name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice over his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he will drink no wine or liquor. You shouldn't drink wine or liquor. He was going to be a Nazarite. I just thought I would throw that in there. Glory to God. There's a lot of you out there that do and you shouldn't. Hallelujah. Number one, it's not good for you. And number two, it alters your thought processes. And you should not give yourself anything that's going to alter your thought processes. Because the mind is the battlefield. You're getting about five sermons in one today. And so the angel's saying, great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, a Nazarite. This was a Nazarite vow. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit still while he is in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord. They're gone. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. This was John's identity that was being laid out to his father by an angel. And the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous. And this is what John's going to do. He's going to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, now I'm quite sure that we might have done some stupid things too, but look at this. How will I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in her years. He was questioning the way of God. He was questioning. The devil was placing doubt even before the seed was there, to fight the voice that would clear the way. The devil was placing doubt to fight the voice that would clear him, the devil, out of the way. Devil's like, I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this dude. I got to deal with this dude. Even before he's born, I got to deal with this dude. So he's like, how, how will I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years, questioning the way of God. And I, this, is, this is amazing. The angel answered. Y'all, this ain't just an angel. This is Gabriel. I mean, like Gabriel is standing there in front of you. And he says, I am Gabriel. This is my interpretation. And he gives, us, he gives his credentials here. Who stands in the presence of God. 
And yet he still asks the question, how am I going to know this? And he says, I'm sent to speak to you to bring you good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words. You questioned the way of God and I've got to keep you mute. Come on, somebody. So that I can get the voice out of the womb that can clear the way for revival. And so John is born after his birth, Luke chapter 1. Verse 60, and his mother responded and said, no, he shall be called John. Now, you're going to have to read your Bible to get the in-between of the story there. So John is born now. There's stuff happening between those verses. And his mother said, no, no, no. His name's going to be John. Now, the dad's still over here mute, y'all. Are you with me? That's a thought. Just kidding. <laughs> and they said to her, they came into agreement with average protocol. Showing you something here. This group around came into agreement with average protocol. Average protocol will not unlock a voice of revival. Average protocol is the opposite of the voice and the protocol of revival. But here we see a picture of them coming into agreement with average protocol. Average protocol for that day, and they said it, was there's no one related to you named John. Why would you name him John? And they made signs to the father. Now you better bet by now the father had had some nights where he was like, man, I messed up. And he's, I ain't going to mess up this time. And he wrote on a tablet and he said some unlocking words right now. <laughs> Obedience by saying his name is John. And they were all amazed. And at once his mouth was open and his tongue was freed. And he began speaking and praise to God. And fear came on all of them who were around. And they began to talk about the entire country. All who heard them kept in mind by him saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. I'm telling you what this child is. This child is a voice. This child is a voice voice. This child is a voice. This child is a voice. I speak that in the spirit and I speak that in the natural and let the two collide and unlock revival voice in this place, in your life, in our families, in our sons and our daughters, in this nation. This child will be known for his voice. Pastor Ron and Rosalinda says, I said, traveled with me this last weekend, and we're talking about Zion, and she's, you know, Rosalinda is amazing. She's just, you know, nothing is negative. Nothing is negative. She really balances me well. You know, the, the prophet kind of everything's negative thing, you know. She's... <laughs> Nothing is negative with her. It's amazing. It's awesome. She said, you know, little Zion, I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she said, little Zion, his, he said, he prayed the other night and he prayed out and he prayed. He said, what she said, it wasn't like super loud, but he prayed and he prayed intentional. And she said, he's going to be a, a preacher. He's going to be a prophet, she said. And so I respond in kind. Well, he needs to do something with that mouth in Jesus name. Like that. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? This child came out of the womb talking. I'm not kidding. Talking back. Come on. And I told her, I told her later, we're bringing the conversation up again. I told her later, I said, I can see sometimes in Zion. I can see the enemy because I know I faced it in my own life. I can see the enemy trying to intimidate that. 
trying to intimidate that voice, trying to intimidate that, that, that. Now, trust me, he's got good stuff around him that we're encouraging him, okay? We're encouraging him. Unless he talks back, and then we don't encourage him. All right. But I, can, I, I told her, I said, I told them, I said, I can see, I can see that intimidation of the enemy trying to sneak on him already, even at the young age of seven and eight years old. I can see that. You want to know why? Because the enemy understands the power of your voice better than you understand the power of your voice. The enemy understands the power of your voice when it is unlocked, that you can lock him down. Come on. And that you can unlock the kingdoms and the riches of the glory of Jesus Christ. Do you hear me now? Even in our children, even in our teenagers, even in our young adults, come on, somebody. And even in us that are in between and older, you understand we can never stop raising our vocalization and our sound. And it's not just about being loud, even though that's important. And it's not just about this and about that. It is literally a spiritual principle that the devil doesn't want you to get a hold of. Come on now. Don't you shut your children down when they start trying to pray. Don't you shut your children down when they start trying to prophesy. They may not have it all right. They may not have it all in a line. They might sound all that great yet but you understand God is grooming something in them you let them exercise that gift that God has put down in every every single one of his sons and his daughters because one day this people planet is going to need that voice when your voice and my voice is long gone it's going to need their voice what then will this child turn out to be for indeed the hand of the Lord was with him I'm almost done this child will be a voice. This child would be known for the very thing that had been taken from his father because of doubt and antagonism and unbelief, his voice. Never underestimate church, the power, revival church, the power of your obedience. You do not know what you're hindering by refusing the protocol of the Lord. As we're saying again, you don't know what you're hindering by refusing the protocol of the Lord. You don't know what you're hindering by refusing the protocol of the Lord. You don't know what's staying on lockdown just because your pride makes you refuse the protocol of the Lord. Look, I'm over it. I'm over religion. I'm going to tell you all a story that I told the last few places I preach, and it's kind of it's kind of a new story, so I'm going to tell it. So it's like before I was a preacher, I was a praise and worship leader for many years, 25 years, 18 of them here at this church. And I would stand up there, obviously much younger, in those years and it was like it was like an intimidation like kind of this like like back at you kind of thing because you'd have these religious religious idiots out there and they would just be standing there they're religious idiots they're just standing there and they're just like you know just make me worship just make me shout you know just just would you just hurry up and get through this it's too loud you know it's can you turn it down it's I don't like that song you know all this kind of and you get all kinds of comments and all kinds of ridiculous stuff that people come up to you and say it's just ridiculous it's a spirit of religion and it makes me mad, so I'm going to make it mad right now. And so I'm looking out there, and it's like you're looking and you're staring at that kind of stuff, especially as you're younger. And it's like, it's done, you know, and especially as you're younger, and it's like, you know, I guess I don't know enough. I guess I don't, you don't know no Bible yet. I haven't prayed enough today. I didn't do this, you know. And then finally one day I crossed the threshold. Come on, somebody. I crossed the threshold, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not the one that doesn't know enough. You, sir, are the one who doesn't know enough. I'm not the one who needs to pray more. You, ma'am, are the one that needs to pray more. It is not my job to sing your favorite song, to have the, the volume level that is comfortable for your flesh and all the other things that you want me to placate to. I am not here to entertain you and make you feel good. I'm here to provoke you and unlock your voice. So I say to all the praise and worship leaders out there, cross the threshold. I tell you, you're going you're gonna to refuse the protocol of the Lord one day too many. And then the point of no return. Point of no return. So perhaps the reason revival tarries for you, my friend, is because you're mute. Come on. In the natural and the spirit. Perhaps it's because you've chosen to doubt 
And the result is you've lost your voice. Perhaps it's because you've chosen normal protocol and it's silencing the voice of the revival. Perhaps revival tarries for regions around this nation, pastor in your church and your city, simply because of the same things that I just mentioned. You, your, your antagonism steals your voice and your choices of normal protocol steals the voice and any other name but John. Come on, somebody. Any other name but John. You're trying to name it all other kinds of things. But the Lord says his name is John. The name is John. The name is voice. Come on. The name is call. The name is cry out. The name is raise your voice like a trumpet and don't relent. Sound waves, sound waves, sound waves until the particles lose energy. Come on, somebody. If Zechariah had not been obedient, even in that last moment, he would have silenced a voice that carried the single most important assignment yet in the Bible to prepare the way of the Lord. And this is what I close with. Part of the vital assignment of this revival is to prepare the way of the Lord. There is a sound that emanates from this house. I'm not going to read my quote again, but it literally causes hell. It literally unlocks heaven. This is not a statement of arrogance. It is a statement of fact. I stand up here on assignment today. I have nothing to prove, nothing to prove, nothing to prove. I'm here to equip us today. We must understand you've, 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 you've made the choice to be a part of this church. Come on. We're not just trying to grow a church around here. If we just wanted to grow a church, we'd be doing things a lot different right now. But there would be no Holy Ghost. There would be no oil. There would be no changed lives. Come on, somebody. You might sign a card, but there wouldn't be any changed lives. Come on. I want to sign it today. His single most important assignment was to prepare the way of the Lord. To open and break open the way for Jesus to have access in to the earthly realm. Now, Jesus was already born, but he needed access. So John came as a voice crying, splitting the way open. He spoke to mountains and obstacles, and they leveled. He spoke to valleys, to low spiritual places, and brought them up. Come on, somebody. He spoke to obstacles of sin and sickness and Satan, and they were cleared out of the way. I'm going to say it again, because this is an assignment of the sound of this house. Hear me now. He spoke to mountains, obstacles, and they were leveled. This is John, John the voice. He spoke to low spiritual places, and he said, what are you all doing down here? And he brought the valleys up. He spoke to obstacles of sin, of hypocrisy, come on somebody, of religion, and he spoke to sickness, and he spoke to Satan even himself, and cleared it out of the way. And the day came when Jesus came walking to be baptized by God of by John and he said look behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world the voice had accomplished its assignment look there he is behold the Lamb who away the sins of the world and now everything is making sense in the minds of John and in Zechariah and Elizabeth now we know why the devil wanted to fight John the voice for so long because of this moment behold there he is and John high fives Jesus Passes the baton. Said, take over. Take over. He said, take over. And that, my friends, is what Jesus did. And that, my friends, revival voices, is what he still wants to do. But he must have voices of revival unlocked. All over this place, jump up on your feet, lift up your hands, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. This is not a dismissal. This is altar time. If you can walk out of this place right now, I feel sorry for you. 
John was a prototype of the voice of a revivalist. You're not hearing me. John was a, vo- a prototype of the voice of a revivalist. His voice stirred, his voice agitated, his voice ushered in the king. Lift your hands. Come on, come on, come on. We're getting ready to come to the altar. We're going to go with I believe there's going to be yet another level of unlocking this morning. John's voice was called to, called to raise the spiritual bar. Come on, come on, come on. I said his voice was called to raise the spiritual bar. His voice was called to raise the spiritual bar. You've got friends, you've got loved ones that either they 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 say they know the Lord, uh, but yet they're they're satisfied with low level spiritual uh, uh, living. I call you a voice to unlock revival in their life. You are responsible for them. You are responsible, whether it be family, whether it be friends, whether it be coworkers, you are a revivalist and you are responsible. You're responsible for raising the spiritual bar. You're responsible for unlocking another realm for them to be able to see past their nominal pursuit of God. I dare say that some of them are even saved, my friends. You say, oh, that's harsh. It is harsh, but it is truth. I dare say that some of them are even saved, my friend. You hear what I'm saying? So I say that as a gripping and a provocation to you so that you will understand that the next time when you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God stirring to speak as a voice of revival, don't spare not. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Now, I'm not saying to be intentionally offensive to them, but what I am saying is do not hold back the word of the Lord. You will be held accountable. I will be held accountable. The more that I a voice, the more places that I go and people that I speak into, the Lord is ever beginning to show me the value and the intensity of the responsibility that I must speak everything that he says to speak. I cannot hold back. I cannot dance around religion. I cannot dance around protocol. I must release the voice all of the pure word of God. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.